you are experiencing HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. We exist to make the people part of business easier for leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners of all kinds. Thank you for tuning in to HR After Dark. I'm your host, Jada Willis, CEO of Willis HR. All right, I'm talking about a topic that is going to be a game changer. I mean, listen closely. We all want to talk about it, and it's about hiring. Oh, my goodness. So I'm getting a lot of questions on, is the great resignation still happening? It is, but it's a little bit slower. And that's that's a win from an employer standpoint. But guess what? The challengers are still there for most of the clients that we talk to and a lot of our colleagues that the challengers are still there when it comes to finding great talent, but holding on to them through even the interview process. So specifically today, I want to share with you some some insight and wisdom when it comes to how your hiring process could be costing you. And I also was digging through some of the books in my office and every once in a while, don't you always go back and just look through some of the books that you have? And it's really neat to that maybe something wasn't relevant, doesn't didn't resonate with you in that season that you read it, but then you open it back up and it's so spot on. And I opened up Leanne Edwards, Culture Driven Recruiting. I love this book. I'm, I'm so proud of my dear friend. But it's actually gold. It's gold. And I, I sent her a text reminding her that it's gold and pushing her to actually write her next book. But anyway, so I opened up immediately to page 55 and it was chapter nine. I really want to read this quote to you. The first impression occurs at a subconscious level before your brain has time to evaluate the space at a cognitive level. It is felt, not thought. That's by Christy Barnett. So why is that important? How does that relate to the hiring process? Well, even in recent articles, what we're talking about as HR professionals is the first impression. So the first impression that we're giving to candidates is actually one of the most valuable pieces in the overall hiring process. And I want to challenge you. How are you preparing for the interview process. And I know that some of your positions, like some of our clients have actually had like a, a max, mass exit. Mass exit could mean a variety of different things, but it's really 10% of your population, uh, your employee population resigning around the same time. I mean, that would, that would, yeah, be a alarming situation. Well, those, that's a lot of jobs to fill. There's a lot of positions to interview for. And one of the first things that we need to do, at least from a recruiting perspective, is examine, of course, the job opening, of course, the qualifications for the job. I mean, I could go into a whole HR soapbox conversation on on just that and what you should do after a mass exit or during. But really, we're here to talk about the overall hiring process. And with that, think about, have you mapped out what that looks like? What does your interview process look like? What is your expected timeline between the first interview to the last interview? Who's involved? And how are you communicating all of this to the candidates that you are interviewing? Because guess what? They have other interviews. They potentially have job offers. So how are you different than the five other employers that they're interviewing with? 
how you differentiate yourself is by the first impression. Well, that's number one. And that means you have to come across engaged, interested, excited, and really also communicating your value prop. So I know that sounds a bit salesy. I do love some business development, but that's really what it is. Recruiting right now, you are selling the business. You are selling the value of working at X company. And you have to know your overall brand. You have to know what are the Google reviews saying? What is your what, what does your social look like? And maybe some of the comments there from an employee standpoint, you know, if I was going to ask you as a candidate, if I was going to ask you, you know, if I randomly selected three of your employees, what would they tell me about the culture? The questions that candidates are asking you in the interview are actually getting, I wouldn't say harder, but I would say they're, they're very thoughtful, very thoughtful and strategic because as a candidate, they have a lot of options. So if I'm going to look at the same pay at company X and company Y, what's the differentiator? What is your value proposition of why should I bring my work ethic, my talents to this organization? And you as an employer have to think through and kind of get ready. Whenever you're thinking through your sales pitch to a potential client, what would be your sales pitch to a potential employee? Now, I would urge you, ensure that you're being realistic, authentic, and operate with a cautiously transparent attitude. I say cautious because you don't want to release any proprietary information or things that wouldn't be relevant to the non-employee. But it is super important because this individual may be coming on board and you don't want to lose them also in the first 30 days, 90 days, if you're not providing a realistic preview, right? I can tell you right now, the number one thing that candidates are looking for is flexibility. That is something that uh, many employers can provide from a work, you know, remote work opportunity. If you do not, if your your company's not built that way, that's totally fine. How are you incorporating flexibility in the day to day or even a hybrid workplace? That's a whole another podcast, but that is something to think through. And that's going to be a question for you coming from the candidates that you're interviewing. Also, if you really do expect to just post the position and really hope that you just get a flood of candidates, that is so unlikely. It's so unlikely. And guess what? If you do get 50 candidates, well, they're not going to be, they could not be the uh, top tier. This is an opportunity where, again, candidates have multiple options and they're being pursued. So I would really encourage you to do some sourcing. If you're not outsourcing your recruiting to Willis HR, then you have to take things into your, your own hands and you have to source. You have to leverage your network and uh, try to post even in, in several different uh, platforms. Some of my favorites, LinkedIn, ZipRecruiter, Indeed. It just really depends on the industry and the type of position. And that would then we would design you know, a recruiting game plan specifically to attract the right, right candidates. But guess what? It's not just about attracting. It's about knocking on the LinkedIn door of a candidate that really fits the qualifications and the overall skill set and then having conversations. And now they need to be quick conversations, right? Because we need to make a great first impression and engage each of the candidates. So one of the pieces that I'm talking to my peers about is, are we providing value up front? 
And this goes along the lines of what I've been discussing. But that means, and I know the pushback I'm going to get is someone listening to this and they're going to say, this leader that says, what? This candidate needs to provide value. This candidate needs to show me. Well, that's true, right? That's true. They have to demonstrate a level of aptitude and it needs to match what you're looking for in the position. It needs to match the culture that you are either in or evolving into. Totally agree. It's equally as important for the employer to provide that value up front, to provide that first impression. And it's people don't want to just look for a job that just pays the bills, right? They really want that, even that growth potential. And it's not about upward movement. Yes, some folks are title driven and that is a thing, but it's actually about you're going to engage employees a little bit more and even engage them on the front end if you're going to advise, hey, there is an opportunity to learn new skills within the organization, or we provide a stipend for you to take courses and classes because we really want to encourage ongoing professional development. And guess what? This is a win-win for the candidate, soon to be your employee, and also for the organization. If they learn a new skill, then they could ultimately apply it to helping either a, their colleague, their peer, work on a new project, open you up for a new line of business. There's so many opportunities here. So I think that we have to get out of our narrow box as employers and as business owners and just think about how do we how do we compete, but how do we continue to drive uh, the best effort and growth for the business while also, also giving a great opportunity to a dedicated, hardworking employee. And you don't know they're dedicated to hardworking yet, but if you provide these pieces up front, then that's the goal. That's the end result. You're providing a level of engagement. You're providing value. Giving someone a chance to learn relevant skills is high on the list of what candidates are seeking. In addition, of course, pay is important and you have to be competitive from a pay standpoint, but that's then third being a level of flexibility. And so I really want to highlight those Three things are, are going to be where you really can compete with other employers. And I know that you can, even specifically with nonprofit leaders, there is an opportunity here. We work with several nonprofits that have done a compensation and benchmarking study and have been able to work on realigning their pay practices to ensure competitiveness. And, and that needs to be a continual focus because we have great work to do in providing pay equity and just competitive pay wages in every organization, but also especially in the nonprofit sector. So the other thing I want to make sure that I cover with you, and again, this is focusing on that your hiring process could be costing you, could be costing you talent, could be costing you time and money. It's I know it's costing you sanity. So the other piece is have a dedicated plan for your level of correspondence. For instance, how do you cut back on, you know, some time is you, you just have a simple email template that you make sure that you send out and you can tweak it a little bit, of course, personalize it for their name and even, you know, mention something in regards to what the next step is. So you personalize it a little bit, but you standardize the process. So it takes a little bit less time after you interview someone immediately and following up. Isn't that funny that that used to be the advice? for candidates was immediately send a thank you. 
And now, yes, we want to see that. I would, you know, I'm still traditional in, in that interview mindset of I would love to get that thank you uh, from the candidate. But you know what? Candidates are looking for a thank you and immediate correspondence about next steps. Listen, don't shoot the messenger. This is just trying to give you the information and give you the pieces that you need to really help your hiring process, to really help you in obtaining great talent so that you can continue to focus on your mission, your vision, values, and growth. So don't give up the fight. You have complete control over these pieces. This is how you can influence your hiring process. And I want you to listen to this a couple times because I've talked fast. I've given you a bunch of information. You need to listen to this again because there is some work to be done with your value prop, your brand, making initial first impressions, and then your overall outline whenever it comes to your overall hiring process. Last thing I really want to say, I was going to leave you at that, but the last thing I want to say is, yes, you can have a SOP, a standard operating procedure for interviewing and onboarding, but I really encourage you to remain flexible, agile, because it shouldn't be the same process that it was three months ago, six months ago, or a year ago. This is a fluid document that you need to make sure that you're staying on top of because you have to evolve with the labor market and how candidates are responding to you. And then make sure that you're disseminating that information to your leaders and communicating across the board so that your team understands what the interview process is and what to expect. So there's so much more that I could talk about with this. I'm so passionate about it, but I really believe that these are the nuggets that are going to help you in updating and revamping your hiring process. So I'll leave you with this until the next episode. I really encourage you to do one kind thing for yourself and one kind thing for someone else.